Hello and welcome to our monthly Ordnance Branch Power Hour podcast. I am your host this month, Sergeant First Class Angela Johnston. I am the 89 Alpha and Bravo Talent Management NCO, and I am joined by Mr. Ingram. Mr. Ingram is one of the CMF 91 assignment managers, and he has graciously agreed to join me today and discuss the roles of talent management NCOs and assignment managers within the Ordnance Branch. Mr. Ingram, would you mind introducing yourself? All right. Um, how y'all doing? My name is uh, Mr. Ingram. I am the uh, CMF 91 Bravo 20 and 91 Echo Assignment Manager. And uh, welcome. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you again for being here. Uh, would you mind giving us a brief overview of what you as an assignment manager does? Yeah, I can give you a quick rundown. So we assignment managers screen soldiers daily for uh, assignment eligibility. Review soldiers for three basic type assignments, overseas short tours, overseas long tours, DROS returnees, and uh, we also do initial screening for a nomination or broadening type assignments. Uh, we respond to emails daily, phone calls, MSD team messages, and sometimes I return MS team messages with phone calls or uh, calls. Mm -hmm. um, we use certain programs and tools to help us screen for uh, our available soldiers in the population. Um, we also make uh, recommendations for deletions, deferments, FSTEs, COTS, IPCOTS, and other requests. Um, so I'm jealous. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, and then a lot of the things that talent managers do is kind of like alongside of the assignment managers, but we are ultimately responsible for ensuring the enlisted personnel readiness of all active component soldiers, sergeant through master sergeant, and for knowing each soldier in our population to be able to identify their knowledge, skills, behaviors, and preferences. And then in knowing these things about each of our soldiers, it helps us match soldiers' preference to the Army needs. The primary, we're also the primary nomination selection managers, so we are responsible for fulfilling assignments for a drill sergeant, recruiter, and nominative assignment missions such as uh, equal opportunity, inspector general, those kind of nomination yeah. packets. And then alongside the assignment managers, we review all administrative actions for the soldiers that are processed through the branch, stabilizations, high school stabilizations, retirement packets, DROS curtailment requests, IPCOT requests, FSTEs, the deletions and deferments like you mentioned. And then we also will put in PA notes so that we, we call them PA notes, but they're basically just uh, little notes in a soldier's portfolio that help the assignment managers and talent managers to communicate through uh, continuity of the, uh, the timeline that a soldier has been in the military. So. You know, you have somebody, a soldier, who's been in for 15 years, but over the course of those 15 years, they've had maybe five talent management NCOs and one or two different assignment managers. Yeah, and the PA notes are internal to to us here at HRC, the mm -hmm. assignment managers and talent managers. We we use those, the, uh, like she said, to keep to keep uh, a record of our communications with um, soldiers and. And it's, it's, it remains there from the time you start emailing us to the time, to the time uh, 
we you ETS or retire. Yep. So I it, saw one in there for me from like 2008. I was like, wow, they kept that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it we stays. Do. Yes, we do. <laughs> History check. Yep. Right. So, uh, and but yeah, uh, and, and nev never anything like uh, negative. Just a no. recollection of the conversations no, so that we, we've had. So we to can go ensure. back. So if someone asks us, hey, have you heard from this soldier? And we can say, yes, we have. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and these actions, when we make our decisions on these actions or calls or whatever, um, most times the assignment managers are what can handle it by themselves. Sometimes we need assistance from the telling NCOs or PDNCOs. Mm -hmm. And we're only a cubicle away, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll talk the best way to handle or respond to most of these emails if right. they're if they're if it's a tricky installation you, you got to use teamwork up here otherwise and it's still difficult sometimes to help support a soldier with what they need absolutely and then sometimes a, a talent management NCO might get an email that the assignment manager didn't get and if mm -hmm. it's that assignment managers population to be managing uh, they need to be looped in you can't mm -hmm. just say, oh yeah, sure, I'll help you. And then the assignment manager's like, wait a second, I was already working this for them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Um, so, um, I guess things that assignment managers look for when we're deciding whether or not to select a soldier for an assignment are like EFMPs, mm -hmm. if they're MACPs, um, the current strengths of the losing, gating units, what's actually available in the system for us to assign. Um, yeah, that's a great point, because a lot of times soldiers will call and say, hey, you know, I heard this is available, can I go there? Well, we don't put that assignment in the system, the readiness division does, yep. and if that's not available to us, then we can't, we can't fill, fill it. it. Yep. Yeah, we can't send you there. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, when it comes to the EFMPs, you could you know, when we submit a, a check for a certain location that the soldier would like, you know, we send out your emails saying, hey, you're, you're up, we're getting ready to consider you for an assignment. Uh, if you're overseas and you have a HAP, we're gonna try to honor that HAP mm -hmm. straight out the get-mo. We're gonna, we're gonna go for the HAP. And then um, if the HAP can't, isn't approved for EFMP, what would the other locations be that you'd want us to consider? Right. And there, I always say consider because just because you would like to go there doesn't mean it's going to be approved for you to go mm -hmm. there. Um, but we will try to support your request. MACPs, uh, we have to coordinate. You know, sometimes I like it when they're inside our own branches, right. but sometimes, <laughs> it it sometimes there's, uh, we got to deal with the Air Force, the Marines, and the Navy. Space and Force now. Space Force. And so it's, it's a little bit more tricky. And the, the big thing with MACPs is, Make sure you guys enroll in MACP within 30 days after getting married. You know, you have to both have to do it. Both spouses have to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and try to, if you can, try to do it before either one of you are on assignment instructions. Because yeah. it's sometimes you go to locations that we can't support taking the other spouse there. And we don't want you guys to be separate for prolonged periods of time. Mm -hmm. And aligning deeroses. Aligning the deeroses. Make you sure you overseas. Mm -hmm. establish a common deeros. Mm -hmm. um, Korea is not a joint domicile assignment. It is, a, in the, it is a single tour. It is an unaccompanied tour. You can be assigned there, but it is still not uh, considered joint domicile, even if both spouses are there and both spouses have the same deeros date. It's, mm -hmm. It is not a JD assignment. Um, okay, so let's 
other things we look for. Um, we things we look for is how many overseas assignments have you had? Um, have you had a long tour? Have you been in a short tour? In ordnance, we like to see if you've been in a heavy unit, been in a light unit, been in an airborne unit. Aviation. Yeah. Aviation. We try to we try to mix it up to make you more di uh, diversified in your career. This helps mm -hmm. you as you get um, go up in rank and with with the, all of the experiences. You know the money is different in an armor unit versus an infantry unit. The priorities are different in a armor unit versus an airborne unit. So mm -hmm. it's it's good to know all these different. Uh, um, priorities, and it'll help you as a senior leader. Right. So adapt. we're. I mean, ultimately, we're looking at your overall career. So mm. soldiers might be looking at where they want to go next, just yeah. like they liked it here, or you know, they have family there. But and that's why where the communication comes into play, we can talk to you and understand your preferences, and maybe give you a piece of our side of the playing field and say, like, hey, we hear you. Have you considered this? Yeah. Let's diversify yeah. your career. Let's get you looked at the next board. You know, we want to make sure that they're seeing how mm -hmm. good of a soldier, how wonderful of a career you've been having, kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And so, and uh, other things that help us decide the assignments are your pulleys, GT scores, clearances, ASIs, and SQIs. You know, with pulleys. There's certain duties, special duties you can't you can't participate in because of your medical availability. Mm -hmm. As with your GT score, there's certain positions or lo uh, duty locations or units you can't be assigned to if your GT score is too low. As a young E5, it's 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 you know you you want to be a recruiter, but you have a lower GT score. We're going to skip you. Right. And it's not because we want to, it's because we can't select you for that duty. And that's something that the soldier can handle on their own the without the help of the branch. And, I, yeah. and being, in a, being coming from the motor pool and knowing how 18-hour days you turn in wrenches, it's a grizzly bear getting released to go to fast class to get your GT score up. I got it. Mm -hmm. You have to make that time. It's your career. you got to take care of yourself. You know. Um, I've heard there's an online option now too. I don't yeah. know the validity of that, but maybe yeah. something to look into it yeah. with the education mm -hmm. offices. But but try to try to get that up so you can always continually progress. Mm -hmm. You know, and the hardest thing is is saying no, I can't send you to you get this and then you you know, when you become an E five, there's less of you. So they need you there working, you know, so it's harder for you as you keep going up in rank to get time to leave the motor pool to go take care of yourself. Your mm -hmm. Time is when you're skill level one. And it's, it is true, you got you to do it when you're an E4 below. Um, and the GT score plays into uh, everything, really. I mean, not just recruiter, but even like the... Um, use of sock assignments, yep. it re drill sergeant, AIT instructor, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like all these things. Uh, if you want to do defense attache, if you wanted to do EO sharp, you have to have a higher GT score, OC, every mm -hmm. little thing, everything it plays a part in. So try to take care of yourself. And the first thing is, is that education part right there. And that opens up more opportunities right. down the road. It does. It really does. The clearances as an E5, you know, you should start working on your clearances. You know, try to get that secret. Try to get your national agency 
credit and local background check done. Mm -hmm. um, assignments in ASIs um, for the 91 Bravos requesting, you know, Hotel 8 school. We can't put you, we cannot put you in a, a Hotel 8 school or training unless we have it tied to a requisition and you, you are not already a Hotel 8. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, is we will submit the request. It's up to the military schools, ASI team, if they can enroll you, if they cannot. If it's, if it's one of those assignments where we, we need a 91 Bravo there more than we need the 91 Bravo with Hotel 8, we're gonna request that you proceed without the training. If they can enroll you, then likely it'll be TDY and route. And we want you to, we want you, and that's the only way we can get you into Hotel 8. So if you don't have it, it doesn't mean you're not gonna get an assignment location where you want. Maybe through re-enlistment it will, but not through the assignment manager or in its branch. Right. SQIs, if you are SQIP, you're, you're likely going to be, you know, selected for an airborne assignment. You know, you're going to either go 173rd, you're going to go 82nd land, you'll probably go to Alaska, Japan, or one of the USASOC units. I, I try to support USASOC, but it's a small, small authorization. They're overstrength, and they have a prolonged period of time before we move them, so chances are you may not get the use of sock but i will fill i will fill use sock with fully qualified individuals yeah um what are your most popular location requests the the most popular loca locations are of course germany japan hawaii for overseas conus um, my conus locations are usually lewis carson um campbell stewart and of course, the uh, ones along the Beltway, the uh, Eustis and uh, um, Belvoir. So don't ask for those when they. <laughs> <laughs> and I say don't. You, you never say don't ask, but is when it comes to expectations, um, the smaller the installation, the smaller amount of chance you're going to get it. I mm -hmm. mean, you got a population of say five thousand or more and there's only three authorizations at such a place, it's highly unlikely that that place will be open. So you throw it on your, on your hey, I wanna go here, but then give me two big ones. Mm -hmm. Give me the two big ones so I can, I can try to get, it's easier for me to get the larger installations and then the small ones. That's um, a great point to vary your ask uh, preferences. And, and one thing I wanna also bring up on that is don't let the barracks lawyers or big Sarge tell you where you want to go. I mean, if oh, you yeah. hear rumors that JBLM is a great, wonderful place, but you don't like crowded highways, you don't like Rain. road rage, and you don't, you know, it, it's um, every installation has something to offer. Absolutely. Fort Drum, I thought it was the best kept seat. Fort Irwin, I had a great time. A lot of people say those are less desirable places, but mm -hmm. I love them. I went to Alaska and had the best time of my life. I, I tell people I went kicking and screaming and I left kicking and screaming. I wanted to stay. I don't have people calling me to get out of drum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, they, that is, you know, I get ones and twosies, but it's like if it's so terrible, why are they not calling me every week? You know? Good point. It's um, the installation is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. Always talk. If you're, if you're married, talk with your spouse and then get on the installations web pages where you think you'd want to go. Um, and then look that up because 
you know, it may be good for this individual over here, but it may, may not be good for you or your family. So it's important that you take advantage of this modern day where you can look up, say, hey, what's there? Yeah, and, and ask people in your demographic too, yeah. right? Because you might have a, a single friend who hated Korea, but you might also have a friend with three kids who loved Korea, you yeah. know? Because it, it, like you said, it's what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And I, me personally, I've heard Korea is an amazing place to take your family to just share that mm -hmm. environment and that culture with them. And they, they're very child friendly. Uh, I've never been, I hope to go. Uh, which sounds funny because a lot of people are trying to get out of it. And no. I'm always trying to say, like, is it open? Can I go yet? <laughs> yeah, for us 91 Bravos, it's always open. Yeah. That's, but it is. It's, uh, it's a good place. And, it, like, uh, you know, if you go over there and, and you're married, try to see if the spouse will be willing to go with you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of CCSP, a command sponsorship requests. Then when you go over there, take advantage of the country with your, with your family. And if you want to take mid-tour leave and leave the country, you know, think of Guam, Japan, Australia. You don't have to go all the way back to CONUS, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the United States. You can yeah. do local geographical areas there and just take advantage of it. And, and that's, and MAC flights, all that good stuff. Oh, so, yeah. so make the best of where you're going and think of the, you know, they always say hunt the good stuff. Well, honestly, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff everywhere. You just, yeah. You know, if you're an outdoors person. Don't always I'm, have to hunt it either. Sometimes it's right under your nose. Yeah. And you're just not seeing it. Yep. So just, yeah, I always say make sure it's what's best for you. Just don't go with the barracks layer say. Mm -hmm. You know, because you get there. After I get you there, don't write me two months later saying I want to go somewhere else because <laughs> Mr. Angham ain't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, wait until your tour is done. Wait until your assignment is ready. Uh, I'm kinder and gentler, but I'm not going to. Move you after two months unless it's an emergency. Right. So you mentioned earlier that you handle a, a specific portion of the 91 community. Where would somebody go to find who the right person is to talk to about their specific uh, MOS and skill level? You go to the HRC homepage and then you click on uh, enlisted career managers or talent managers. Mm -hmm. And um, when you see them pop up, you need to be on a DOD approved, use your CAC mm -hmm. to log in. And then when you see um, ordinance, click on the ordinance tab and it'll pull this all up. And it'll actually have, it's up to date with all of our new assignment managers and talent managers and, and, uh, and talent NCOs. And then, you know, find which one's got your population. If you do email us because, you know, sometimes you get promoted and 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 you don't know who the individual is that you're that you're uh, fall under now or before. Um, we'll f either if we don't answer you directly, then we'll uh, at least forward the email to that uh, assignment manager or tell an NCO. Yep. Um, we do talk a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we talk. A yeah, we we <laughs> talk quite a bit, and yeah, we're only an earshot away. Yep. from one another. Awesome. Um, Is there anything that you wanted to cover before we close this out? I think we kind of got everything. I think we did. All over the place, but all still talking about the, the roles of assignment managers and talent managers. The drill sergeant recruiting instru AIT instructor requirements, mm -hmm. I think that falls more under your line if you want to go over yeah, that, if so you do. 
the uh, and so we'll have like the assignment managers will receive emails that say, hey, can I be a, a drill sergeant, right? Um, but the talent manager is actually the one who's going to be screening for those packets. So you might see like, I know for me, Mr. Herbert will forward it to me and CC the person who sent the request and say, hey, can you screen so-and-so for this position? So um, that is definitely something that if, if a soldier had a request for a nominative position, the assignment manager typically does not handle that. And then I know like for your, for the 91s, they're kind of separated differently, but in the 89 community, skill level one and two is done strictly by the assignment manager. Anything I get from any uh, sergeant uh, E1 through E5, I'll just forward that on to Mr. Herbert. And then uh, anything like E5 through E8 will go to myself and Mr. Herbert because we both work the work with the markets, the enlisted manning cycles. So, okay. um, but that's just something that like kind of specific to the branch and uh, not to the branch, but to the CMF. And I think that every CMF kind of does things a little differently, obviously because the 91s have over 30,000 personnel and we have 3,000, 4,000. So <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a difference in numbers. Uh, in numbers. But the, the takeaway is that your talent management NCOs and your assignment managers will talk and communicate with each other. And so if you send an email, I recommend, doesn't matter what your skill level is, I recommend sending it to your respective person and CCing the counterpart there. So yeah. in my case, Double tap. yeah, send it to me, Control but CC pairs. Mr. Herbert, because what if Mr. Herbert's on leave? What if I'm on leave? You know, like we gotta make sure that we're communicating across the board, because if you put all that trust into just one person, we might miss it. Yep. We got, for you, you 30,000 people, you know? Yeah. And then the only two things I think we should cover is recruiting, and re-enlistment. Hmm. Oh, and yes. So with re-enlistment, um, the career, career, NCO, career counselor career counselor is when yeah. you go to your local career counselor. Keep changing the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. It, so see your career counselor and then have them, if, have them submit a hotline request for either a school or an installation or geographical location of choice. Um, we won't really participate in the assignment process with that, nor will we change or adjust report dates with those. Yeah, and that's because that's a promise from the Army for, uh, like as a thank you for re-enlisting, right? We, mm -hmm. not we, but the career counselor was able to get whatever assignment you requested. So the any request for a change in assignment for a re-enlistment assignment will have to go through your career counselor, which gets routed through the retentions branch here at HRC. Yep. And for recruiting, when you, we get a lot of questions for locations once they complete recruiting school. The biggest thing I would tell you to do is fill out a recruit the recruiter packet and put your preferences on there because once you get to, you are released from the ordinance branch to the nominations branch recruiting team and then several weeks into your training for recruiting, the recruiting command will ask you what your preferences are and, and place you on assignment. Mm -hmm. Those with completed recruit the recruiter volunteer packets will have, will have a higher chance of getting their preferred locations over those who did not submit those. Exactly. And yeah. 
So I don't know if you want to do a brief recap of today's podcast or Yeah, so I mean, basically we covered talent management and assignment management, um, what each will do in their respective fields. And then um, really I think the the big takeaway there is that we communicate. (laughs) We are not... We're not just, you know, ignoring each other. We don't have a, uh, a hostile work environment. <laughs> we talk to each other and we make sure that we are clearly identifying the soldier's needs and requests. And then there's certain things that we do do and certain things that we don't do, like how we talked about reenlistment assignments. We work assignments, but we don't work reenlistment assignments, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, we talked about the... Updating their... Updating. Keeping their records up to date. Yep, updating yep. ask, updating, well, maybe it'll be on Ipsay, maybe yeah. now. I'm not sure what all. I think Ipsay is supposed to take over everything, but yeah. um, just updating all the information that you can because we are going to be checking that information and making, sh- trying to make sure that we are in line with your preferences as well. Um, and then... Uh, EFMPs, make sure you update your EFMPs. Yep, that's a big one. That's, you know, I did forget to explain EFMPs and just, you know, if your EFMP is expired and you're in your assignment window, mm-hmm. the only assignment an expired EFMP soldier is eligible for is an unaccompanied tour, dependent restricted. So please keep your EFMPs up to date. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then uh, when we email you, you know, letting you know where we're going to consider you. Make sure you respond timely because it's important that we get your feedback because we don't want to we don't want to put something in there and then have to change it. Right, and we do EFMP checks to see what locations the EFMP team at your location says is uh, available to you. And so if if you know you get a list back of five options and you don't get back to us then we have a list of five options but if you get back to us and say well these you know I, I love this option love that option hate that option well now we we have a better idea of what you're looking for so um, and really like it's all about taking care of the soldier right yeah. like a lot of times I know like in my past earlier in, in, earlier in my career it's been like you know if you call branch, they're just gonna send you to Korea, right? Which we talked about, it's not a bad thing, right? But the the idea, the stigma around it was negative. And I would just hope that soldiers would understand that their assignment managers and their talent managers are here to help them. We're both here at HRC and we both work an arm's length away, ready to work with and help. So thank you, Mr. Ingram, for being here today. No problem. Thank I you. really appreciate thank you. For <laughs> yeah. Sorry I had to twist your arm to be here, but I think we did good. I think yeah. we, and went well, and uh, and hopefully we'll have you back soon. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All Welcome. right. Everybody Thank have you. a good one. Goodbye.